Welcome to episode 69 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I are covering chapters 110 through 114 of Tracy Wolf's Covet. And in this episode, we are getting acquainted with Remy and Calder. Plus, we have some really great spoilers at the end that kind of talk about charm and some things that we notice throughout Covet. So just make sure that you bounce out when you hear that wolf howl if you have not read Charm yet. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Woohoo! 69. <laughs> 69. Well, there, like nothing... It's the least sexy episode. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Although they are making lots of goo-goo sexy eyes at each other. I know. There's a lot of sexual tension in these scenes for no good reason, really. I think that Grace has a confinement kink. (laughs) She, She does. She gets very flirtatious, more so than usual. Yep. And it's because she's in an enclosed space. I guess we'll, and, uh, uh, I guess we'll uh, maybe, see, maybe maybe a little bit of like a kind of a vo- like a voyeuristic kind of thing, or the, what, the opposite of voyeuristic, um, exhibitionist a little bit maybe. Yeah, because she's. I mean, she's. It seems like uh, on one hand she's really protective of Hudson, but then she's like, "You can flirt with my boyfriend." Like, um, <laughs> it's really weird, really weird energy. Um, but and also she's she's okay with Rebby flirting with her as well. Like yeah. he's clearly doing it, even if it it's not fa- it's not got any foundation to it. She's still like, "Yep, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, this is perfectly acceptable because Remy has something that we want." So. Yep. She's using flirting as a tool, except for with it's, Hudson. Yeah. Because in that scenario, he is the tool. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, um, we are doing uh, chapters 110 through 114, and I do have a... It's not even so much as a charm spoiler as it is an Easter egg type thing, but I have a feeling that the conversations that Amber and I have afterwards are going to kind of uh, go into charm spoilers. So just make sure that you listen out for that wolf howl. And when you hear that, if you don't want to have charm spoiled for you, if you haven't had a chance to read it, you might want to bounce out. Uh, Same with court we definitely have some court spoilers as well so just listen for the howl but um last we left off grace and hudson and flint were taken to the prison and they met remy and calder and they're just kind of hanging out in the cell getting acquainted so we still uh our, our big question last episode was how the heck did nuri know remy's name to mm-hmm. know to tell flint to go mm-hmm. find Remy. And we it, it's like the questions proposed like three times during these chapters, and we still don't get answers. Yeah, I mean, how did Flint even know that Remy was a prisoner? Because the, the first thing that I would have thought was like, oh, maybe he's like a nice guard. Right. Or he's maybe the chef. Or well, the or, or like the infirmary guy, you know, like there's always an out through the prison with the infirmary. Always. Did did, did Flint say? Did did he say we want to see Remy or we want to be bunk like with w- him? Huh? They said bunk like bu- uh, bunk with him. Like they said, um, okay. we're going to allocate you a cell, and he went <gasps> with Remy. Oh, I don't know. That's. Like, it was a hell of a, an assumption. I mean, he, it proved right. 
Very odd. But knowing me, I would have I would have cocked up and alluded to the fact I didn't know who Remy was by going, "Is he my god?" or something. Right. Right. <laughs> like I, w- I want to talk to Remy, and then not like just let them fill in the blanks. Give only give them an inch. Yeah. But I don't know if Flint, like, full-on just dives off that deep end and goes, yep, nope, this is the hill I'm dying on. Remy must be a prisoner. Yeah, and then and then again, Grace is like, how did how did Nuri know to to mention Remy? She said that a drag. we know that a dragon got out by using one of the flowers. But, but then, like, yeah. it never gets brought back up. No. And even in this, um, the, the first chapter of the, of the this episode that we, we're doing he <laughs> he gets told that flint's mom is the dragon queen and that she was the one who told him to go find remy and he just goes hmm. yeah he like completely skims over that and uh like avoids the subject altogether and then i'm like so he doesn't care or maybe he that- purposefully was avoiding the subject maybe i have a feeling maybe. this this sounds like one of those things that tracy like jotted down in her little notebook and that we're gonna get in the spinoff series well like this so when you're writing a book there's like loose ends and red herrings specifically so that you can kind of answer them later if you don't necessarily have the answer yet mm-hmm. um also plot holes is it a plot hole or is it a big dark hole that ends in a huge plot twist we don't know. Yeah, I've got like a Trello board and it's just titled Unanswered Questions for my book. That way my mm-hmm. first book is published, but I posed a bunch of questions in it that I never answered. And now I'm having to make sure that I'm keeping those in consideration as I'm writing the second book. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe we will get more because, you know, sometimes I think... Sometimes when I'm reading, I'm like, oh, this wasn't thought out very well. But I just had an instance of something in Covet that doesn't get answered till Charm that Tracy had to have been aware of all the way back when she was writing Covet. So I will be sharing that when we get to the spoiler section. But it it just kind of goes to show that, you know, we might get our answer to this way later. Mm -hmm. So, um, So... Grace is really trying to, like, you know, get information. And Hudson's like, yeah, well, can we speed this, like, process up? Is that, you know, the, because Remy's basically He's saying, impatient. Like, yeah. He, Re- this is this is day one of Infinity, and he's already bored. But few minutes. They've only been in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> They're already like, what's the plan? Like, surely, if if you've just arrived in a prison... And you've just met a guy that's apparently going to be your saviour to getting out. Wouldn't you be wanting to also know the lay of the prison? Because if your escape is um, specifically linked to one person, what if that one person fails? You still need to know how to get out without that one person having all of the cards. Yeah. Day one for me would be getting in there, asking them if do you do you have a piece of paper? Like, do you have a paper and a <laughs> do pen? A map. <laughs> yeah. I would be trying to... Dr- I mean, they do have a piece of paper because Remy draws the the prison for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would But be- not because they asked. No, no. He just does it uh, on his own. He's the only one who's using his head here. I would be 
taking notes, planning, trying to... I want to know the rules as yeah. well. Like, so do we get searched? Um, like, you say that we're going to need a whole lot of money. Where do we get this money from? You say that we need money. How do we get money? Um, do you have money? <laughs> like, it's like trying to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons. It's like... <laughs> they, just, like they just arrived and then they're like, okay, cool. How do we get out? And like, that's a bit preemptive. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially for these two people who have, I mean, especially with Remy, he's been there his whole life. He's like, you're just, you think you're just going to walk out? Like, you think you're yeah. just going to... You're special? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like, oh, so you're going to be the, the two people in existence that are able to break the unbreakable seal. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then Hudson's like, not think. Well, we are. We know. <laughs> 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 full of confidence there mate <laughs> yeah no wonder no wonder yeah. remy didn't like him mm, yeah but then he also does like grace for the same reasons that he dislikes hudson with like the overconfidence, the get stuff done matter of fact maybe it's different coming from a woman yeah i don't i don't know well, but I mean, there, are, there are lots of, like, sexual tension throughout from both of them, and I think that maybe Remy is trying to rile Hudson up deliberately. <laughs> I think so, too, because you got to consider that he says that he's been kind of keeping – he's been keeping tabs on Grace. He's He's been seeing her, dreaming about her, seeing her in his visions. He's got, he's got the same powers as Alice. So mm -hmm. he's able to kind of see her other than when she was in – the gargoyle with yeah with jacob um <laughs> ever you know and, and when she was in the gargoyle he lost track of her but well she said oh that must be the time must have been the time when she was with jackson and i was just like that's a hell of a leap she's like yes yeah, when when my trajectory my future path was changed yeah. like right <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe he feels like he already knows her, so mm -hmm. he's more willing to kind of joke with her and stuff. Whereas Hudson, that's where he's like, you know, you kind of, kind of got lazy in the mate department here. Yeah. Um, if somebody had been saying that they had been dreaming about you your whole life and that they had seen you like always leading up to this point, wouldn't you want to test that? Maybe a little. Yeah, okay. Okay. So I have just met you and you say that you have magical hoodoo powers and you're the only person in this prison that still has the magical hoodoo powers. Tell me. Tell me something that you would not not have known. You you can't just tell from my face. Right. And you can't just, like, tell me something that you know because you've dreamt of me. Show me your cards. Yeah. Like, at least, like, what? Where you are say that you yeah you say that you can see the future. Um, I see no proof of this. Right. Where are my parents right now? Because mm -hmm. that could be knowing Very the future useful. and the past would be an easy thing for him to answer. Yeah. It's, again, it's it's Grace not collecting enough. No, information. because so far all the, all they've seen is him be able to like snap his fingers and those like sparks came out. Yeah. That's not seeing the future. And also, who's saying that he doesn't tell every single girl that arrives in his cell that he's been waiting his whole life for them? Now it he could did, just be a bit. Now, he did know about the flowers. Did he, though? Because when I was reading it back through, I saw no mention of it. Like, specifically flowers. He, he said that he knows that he gets out 
using a flower. Did he? Yeah, he says. But he... was that before or after Grace mentions the flowers? I'm not sure. Because that was what I was like. Wait, they're saying that he. Oh, so he knows about the flowers, and I'm like, did he? Did he? I don't see him mentioning flowers anywhere before Grace says. Matt. So I was like, maybe he's cold reading her. Yeah, you know, no lie. When I first read the book, I really was suspicious of Remy. Mm-hmm. Espe- he gives no proof that he can read the future yeah. <laughs> or see the future. Yeah, and he says he says weird things like the whole like, I've been waiting for you ever since I was. I was born and but so that is a figure of speech right i mean it can be but i think that he it can was, be like he, if like if somebody said if somebody said that to you i've been waiting whether all they my meant life it, yeah if they said it whether they meant it or whether they said it the, your first reaction wasn't go oh so you remember the moment you were born right it might, <laughs> and no that's not that's not everybody else's reaction <laughs> yeah. even if he does because now he just sounds melodramatic when he's like of course i remember when i was born I was born in a prison. It reminds me of my sister. I once asked, I was like, are you cold? And she goes, of course I'm cold. I was born in December. I'm always cold. Like, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where did that come from? I'm a Capricorn. Are you being <laughs> melodramatic? Just like, of course I remember being born. No. No. <laughs> right. But yeah, like, I'm like, well, he probably can because he's got this weird thing with like time and 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 stuff. But yeah, the leap from <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment since I was born to escape the prison, obviously, <laughs> like not to meet you, ding that. Yeah, because he doesn't seem all that concerned with making sure that anybody else gets out. Oh no, not at all. Uh, I mean, colder maybe a little bit more than than the rest, but she's the she's always the one that pipes up and goes, oh, don't forget me, oh, oh don't forget me. Yeah, she's she is insistent on getting out. But yeah. And and you so I might have misread. You noted that his his mother died, right? And he yep. said that that Cyrus was to blame for his mother dying mm-hmm. and that his mother was a witch, but not a very strong one. I read that she was a strong one, so maybe no, I... I it says that she wasn't a very strong one. Okay. Um, which makes me think that she didn't die of like normal causes. Hmm. Like you would you like you would always think that your your like mother's like oh, it doesn't matter because she's she's got love. She's She's powered by love. But if he watched her die because her power was not enough to save her, then he probably would say that she wasn't a very strong one. The way that he says it so callous, either he didn't have a good relationship with her, which we know not to be true, or he saw something happen when when like when he was growing up, either when she died or whatever, to prove that her power was not very strong in the first place right um, it's, it's not like it's not and, like yeah. harry, it's not like harry potter where it's like oh yeah your your mother your mother's dead yeah well she must not been very good then <laughs> like he can- yeah <laughs> it's like wow her dueling was rubbish <laughs> <laughs> um and then he also kind of speak, speaks a bit more about his dad who he doesn't even know than his mother who was with him for the first five years of his life mm-hmm. so we're we're um, Okay, yeah. Well, we can't like say like, too much about the spoiler, but... No, but he, he says that he left 
him with the like gift of being able to see the future. Ah. It all it's starting to unravel. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so maybe his dad like is a lot more powerful than his mother, and that's why he's got his dad's traits and not his mum's traits. Okay. So it is it is starting to kind of um lean in the direction of our, our theory, which we can talk more yes. about with the spoilers, but now that now that rereading it there's a lot of things starting to unfold. So, okay. yeah. Oh, and the, and the, the other thing is that like dragons lose their dragon. Vampires don't lose their vampireness. So Hudson's still drinking his blood. He probably still couldn't go out in the daylight. Um, but he still has all of his vampire strength, right? Does he have a strength or does he just have his fangs? I don't know. He f- well, later when he fights, he wins against large creatures so i'm assuming he has. yeah yeah um so i'm like okay well does flint also retain his strength is he naturally st- well yeah he picks grace up easily in the first book yeah um uh but meanwhile like apparently like witches and, and warlocks and things like they have their powers completely dampened down they have their power removed so how much power would have to be removed before he's left with only being able to just go and click his fingers and sparks. Because at this point, is he a, a witch still? Because he's also able to, like, lure her with his eyes and... He's not wearing a cuff, though. <clears throat> oh, is he not? No, he's not wearing one. And he's in normal okay. clothes. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that... I'm pretty sure that he he's kind of the exception because he's been there so long and the guards like him. Okay. So, but Calder does. I think she does. Yes, because I think that she got into the prison through typical means, which we said we don't find out. No, we don't find out. But I think that she gets in for petty crime, which is the sector of the prison that they're in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we also do find out that they both pipe up when they hear that Cyrus is the one they're after, because they immediately jump on board and go, "Yep, I'm in." Um. So everybody's got a vendetta against Cyrus. A common cause. Yep. I loved the bit where um, they go, oh, so what are you in for? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I turned my dad's bones to dust. And they're like, oh, that's that's cool. Um, yeah. And he was like, yeah, just his bones. He's still alive. And they're like, damn. <laughs> and then they find out that who, who his dad is. And then they're yeah. like, damn. Yeah, it was great. It was like, okay, you can imagine the conversations if you did end up in prison. You're like, oh, so what are you in for? And, like, everybody's got to kind of one-up each other. Yeah. In in terms of the crime. Um, and uh, they go, oh, like, Flint, like, what are you in for? And uh, he's like, oh, I tried to kill Grace. No one asks Grace where she is because it's so obvious she's done nothing wrong. <laughs> like, ever. Like, Don't you want to know what I did? <laughs> I know when, that, when Remy at the end, when he's like, what's the worst thing you've ever done? And it's like Grace, I, I, I stole Macy's pop tarts. <laughs> yeah, I, I accidentally like, washed I a shirt that said, said "dry clean only." <laughs> I didn't eat anything on Wingo Wednesday because <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> uh, Genuinely, she's done nothing wrong, so therefore, like, 
she probably should be a lot more fearful of prison not just because she's very very vulnerable she's not just lost her gargoyle she's lost her entire safety net yeah she doesn't even know what to anticipate she doesn't she's like oh god what did i do is yeah um and then like she's like just relying on the fact she's like well it's okay because i've got cold of remy uh flint and hudson to save me and i'm like yeah but wait till you're in your, on your own right um you've got nothing and it seems as though everybody else no matter what faction they belonged to would kind of retain some of their normal powers like strength yeah she has absolutely nothing yeah and i was like oh and also she's a woman because it's a prison i mean i don't assume that they'd be like just mixed in a cell but apparently they are and uh, calder is there but she's huge like amazonian so she's probably small and diminutive too so she's, it's not looking up for <laughs> yeah like i would be immediately fearful and scared and just worried about every single corner um and like the way that they're like oh yeah so um the bathroom's over there in the shadowy bit and i'm like nope i'm i'm holding it i'm holding it for for, for the rest of my prison sentence i'm not going in the shadowy corner here's a little hole where our food comes out <laughs> oh we're lucky today it's mashed potatoes and what was it chicken yeah chicken and mashed potatoes and you're like if that's the best day i'm really concerned i'm imagining like i like chicken I'm imagining, like, school cafeteria food. Uh, I was imagining, like, gruel. No. No. Do you have gruel? I mean, we don't, it's not, you don't, there's nowhere to just acquire gruel. No, I know. Where does, where does it come from? I'm assuming that, I'm the assuming gruel, shop. gruel could be used to, to define any manner of slop fed to someone you don't care about. I think it's like just really watery porridge, isn't it? Gruel? I, I don't know. I thought I always thought that it was like a like just the slop, like all the the food. It's that, such a disgusting word as well. Gruel. Oh yeah, it's a it's a really thin version of porridge that can be often drunk rather than eaten. Yeah. Grim. Um, you know what else is grim? Hudson with a bald spot. <laughs> and i love how this how this was brought up where nobody was talking about this grace just in her own brain was like he looks stressed he looks like he's gonna start pulling his hair out hudson what are you thinking about you with a bald spot like just <laughs> oh no because it, like there was a bit where he said um like what are you laughing about and she goes i'm like, not laughing like completely deadpan he's like you are on the inside i can feel it yeah <laughs> i'm like what else can he feel through the bond that's creepy when he's never been in tune with her emotions before except when he was actually in her head all of a sudden he can now feel her laughing on the inside i think it's because they don't have anything else going on in their heads she, it's the only string for her that's left right and it's the brightest it's like the most yeah yeah so if she was feeling anything the only string that she has to kind of push any emotions down would be the bond so maybe he's feeling her and hearing her clearer than ever before because she doesn't have so many silly strings 
well, I've got bad news for him because there's not a whole lot going on up there. No. Then again, that's exactly how how my brain works. If if my husband were to ask me, what are you thinking? Like most of the time I just have to say, oh, nothing, or I'm just spacing out because I'm thinking something stupid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And, and it would take longer to explain than it would to just go, you don't want to know. Right. Like, what are you thinking about? Oh, yeah. cornbread, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, um, so Remy basically says that he sees himself leaving with a flower. He's always seen himself leaving with a flower. However, they've only got three, three. Fl- three flowers. And already there's Hudson, Flint, and Grace. So that already takes three. But then they don't factor in that the blacksmith is apparently huge because he's a giant. So... Even even a whole flower might not be enough. And then Remy says that he knows that he gets out with a flower. And Calder's like, wait, me, me, me. So she wants a flower. And this is about the part where first read through, I was getting stressed. I was like, oh, it's not going to work. Someone's going to die. Yeah, I had it in my head. I'm like, they're going to get out, but they're all going to die. Or someone's going to get left behind. Yeah, I thought for sure. And rescue Mish. I had it in my head that that Flint was going to get left. I don't know why. <laughs> like they just made <laughs> up. Flint. Her or him and Grace just finally like found their peace. And then, and then she's like, "Do you know what? You do deserve to be in prison. You tried to kill me, bitch, and then run away." <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a self, like a sacrificing thing. Like you guys go ahead, I'll stay. <laughs> No, I, I immediately knew that the three flowers was not going to be enough because even if they managed to get the giant back, it's like oh, that was a, they took the minimum number of tickets and something was going to happen. Yeah, you always take an extra. Yeah, and that's not just like, oh, this is a contingency plan for one person turns up or if I if I eat a flower and nothing happens or I drop a flower, then one person has to stay behind. So you've, you've lost your fail safe. This isn't just oversubscribed by one ticket. They've got three more tickets to leave. <laughs> so they, uh, they're a little bit screwed. Yeah, and Grace is like, what if we just like, or no, Flint. Flint said we could just do like half a flower. And Remy's like, yeah, if you want to look half dead. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, like they, they, surely if you did take half a flower, you would be worse off. Because you might not be even just unconscious, you might be in just cardiac arrest for perpetual time. And then you're just dead dead. Yeah, you could make make more of an issue for yourself. They don't know what these flowers do or how to get them out of her hand. And suddenly they're talking about taking half doses. It's, yeah, this is this is not how you safely do uh, do your drugs. medication. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, they did not get any information about how to do anything with these flowers that are literally supposed to b- make them appear that they are dead, just completely mm-hmm. like incapacitate them. They they re- received no drug facts from the crone they're just like thank you very much we'll figure it out yep yeah and the problem is does does it just make you look like you have just died on the spot 
no reason and no supernatural person's gonna go well that's a bit weird yeah yeah three of them all at the same time just right this right just lying nice and safely they didn't even like pass out and fall to the ground they all were just lying on the floor nice and straight and comfortable and um there seems to be no wounds on them or any reason why they are dead yeah what if they wake up on like the autopsy table for suspicious death Oh, I was thinking, like, that they'd get thrown in an incinerator to be, like, cremated. Like, yeah, what if they think, like, oh, no, there's a, a a pandemic in the prison, and they get put in, like, lockdown, lockdown. Yeah. They get put in one of those body bags and are chucked on a, a heap. Right, they're just assuming that, that the prison, like, they're just going to drag him out into a field and leave him, like, oh, <laughs> like. yeah. I don't know. It just is. It's a strange plan, yeah. and I would have had many, many more questions than they did. Well, they're not. Uh, we've we've gathered that they're not the best at collecting information before executing very, very <laughs> death-defying plans. They're only eighteen. I I was even Kinda. more cautious than I am now when I was. 18 i yeah. dare say like so, so here's this drug it looks like a flower and it's gonna make you look like you're dead Can I grab okay a little more information um how long is the high <laughs> am i actually dead can i still is it like a roofie can i still hear like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like am i actually technically dead and then like 18 hours later i, I will suddenly wake up will there be a hangover um is there an antidote? Like, what if somebody takes it by accident? What if somebody's... Do, do I, like... What about previous medications? If I'm already on current <laughs> medications, can I still take these? They didn't ask anything. Will I fall over immediately? Like, I just take it and, and die on the spot? Or do I have time <laughs> to get two? What yeah. if I take two? Yeah, will I be double Do dead? I die-die? <laughs> Will I be double diet or will it just prolong the 18 hour high? No, you take three of them. That way it reverses it. You can't. Three. Yeah. It, you, you, okay. You can't, you can't triple die. So you die <laughs> and then you die, die, but then you, then you just die again. <laughs> and then once I've taken the flower, how, how long do I have before I die? You just die immediately. You just fall over. That's not how drugs work. You just crumple. I don't think I've ever seen an immediate acting drug. <laughs> I don't think that they're... It, I'm... You has to pass through your system. It has to either reach your bloodstream or your brain. I'm sure that there's at least one drug out there that is just immediate. Like, nope, your body just nopes out. No, <laughs> just nopes out. Yeah. <laughs> like, even heroin is not immediate. No, that's gotta that's gotta take a little a little trip through the heart, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's fast. Like your pulse, it will send your entire blood system through your entire body in like a pump. Ah, uh, yes, the blood system. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up. Um, but yeah, like I would want these questions. Like if this is a flower, as a magical flower, and I put it in my mouth, am I like? falling to the ground like then and there or do i have a couple of seconds to make myself comfortable do i chew it do i swallow it whole 
I, at that point, I don't think my questions for that would care. I wouldn't care about that. <laughs> like, do I take it with dinner? Yeah, maybe it only works on a, on an empty stomach. <laughs> anyway. We have all the questions. Yeah. Um, so we find out about the pit, mm-hmm. which is where you get to go out and and make shop. all we yeah well no pit the pit isn't where you shop that's where you can gamble right oh yeah that's the pit i don't remember the east wing is where they are right or is it their west wing i can't remember and then the other wing whichever the west or the east whatever um that's where like the real criminals go apparently um, and then um, it's like a Dante's Inferno prison where it goes through like six cycles of torture. And then it's a lottery at the end and you get to go to a thing called the pit. Yay! Yeah, where you can potentially make money. Mm-hmm. And then there's the chamber, which is like your Russian roulette. And if you land on chamber, you get torture, but it's not a pain torture. And at this point, they're just like not giving Grace Hudson and Flint any details about what type of torture it is. Other than they're also not giving them any kind of hope. No, they they're literally they're literally like making it out to be the worst thing that they could possibly go through. Yeah. And then. Remy ends on, you know, well, he he tells them that it will make them go through the worst thing that they've ever done over and over again. And then he asks them, what's the worst thing you've ever done? So mm-hmm. for Flint, obviously, I, I would assume that was trying to kill Grace. Yep. Um, For Hudson, that was trying to kill... The maid vamp, the va- maid vampires, the maid vampires. However, or the new vampires, whatever they were. However, his punishment didn't fit the crime. You know, we won't go into the details in case anybody hasn't read that. But I don't feel that his punishment fit what he actually did. Because did it, yeah, it, in fact, it was worse. The thing is, the way that Remy described it was that you don't just have one. You got you. It will go through every single crime that you've ever done making sure that you've atoned for all of them. So that might have been the first one. And because he was so sure that he had done the right thing, maybe it considered him atoned and then moved on to like lesser things that he was worried about or felt like he had done wrong, um, even if they were just like subconsciously in, like, in his head and he hadn't actually done them. Um, but the way that Remy spoke about it was very much like you can get out this prison if you just atone. But the thing that he is accused of in terms of the prison is being born, which he can't atone for. Right. Which is why he so knows he, he gets out it, with the flower. Yeah. But the, yeah, the way that he says it is like pretty much like, oh, no, you can just get out if you just survive the torture. Has he ever seen this happen, though? I don't know. But he didn't give any, like, allusions to the fact that it wasn't possible. Right. 
So maybe he also just believes that they're all just going to get out by forgiving themselves and for recognizing what they've done. Okay. So here's here's the question. What's the worst thing you've ever done? What would you have to relive over and over again? Uh full disclosure <laughs> the day that i left my sister with my family ah that that is like the most haunting look on her face ever it was horrendous is it enough um, to be like like that it would like make you like scream and torture perpetually or would it be like meh you know i i think you- if anything it would play what happened after i left and what she was left in so not just the like you you left her it was a why didn't you take her with you right um so it will probably do all of that um kind of that's not really psychological anything that, damage that was a that was a save yourself situation though that wasn't necessarily a, oh you yeah did something that's you're judging yourself on that but that doesn't i i but that's the point isn't it, yeah, it, it, I guess. it like it picks what you think is the worst thing that you've ever done because, like, imagine if you go there and then all of a sudden you're like, when you were three, you lied. And you're like, what? Right, I, don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. God, I don't think that I've don't ever... What is he barking at? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I could... Okay. So, last week... <laughs> okay. the worst Was it thing... that recent? Last, last week... It's embarrassing. I don't even want to tell the listeners because everybody's going to think I'm a terrible person. Last week I was at a store and I came out of the store into, you know, like how they have like the sliding doors, but then there's like the area in between like the two sets of sliding doors where like the shopping carts and shit are. Okay. So I, I was leaving a store and there was a lady and she flagged me down and was waving her arms all around and she was holding out a clipboard and I, I read it and it was like American Foundation for Deaf something or other and i realized she was deaf i don't know sign language but she was holding this thing you know i I went you know of course and i i signed her what i thought was a petition until i saw it said donation amount and i have no cash on me so i'm like trying to communicate to her that i'll go back into the store and get cash back which i don't know sign language so i'm just pointing at the register and Anyway, I go back in the store. I grab a garden. You do realize that they wouldn't have put somebody there with a clipboard if they couldn't lip read. I was, but she didn't seem to understand. Oh, okay. Um, she wasn't supposed to be there. She was, the the store didn't know that she was there. So she's the crime. Oh, well, yes, it's her fault. No, but so I go in and I grab a garden gnome and I go to the register and most, you know, it takes me like 20 minutes to get through this stupid line. And I get to the register. Do reg- you now have a garden gnome because you don't? You had to get cash back, so you now have a garden gnome you didn't want. Well, it gets worse. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, that's the worst thing I ever did wasn't getting money for this lady. So I go to the cashier after waiting like 20 minutes and they don't do cash back. So now I have to buy this stupid gnome that I didn't want <laughs> and go out and then try to communicate to this lady. So I use the notepad on my phone and I write with my stylus that I'm going to go next door because it's like a shopping complex. And try to get cash back next door, which she doesn't look like she understands, even though I've written it in my notepad. So I point next door and she blows me a kiss and I'm like, okay, she understands. So I go next door. They don't do cash back. I go the next door over. 
they don't do cash back. I go to the next store over, they don't go ca- do cash back. And they tell me that none of the stores in the complex do cash back. So I sneak through the dark parking lot, hiding behind vehicles, get into my car and leave. Nah, that's not the worst thing you've ever done. <laughs> that, that makes that was that was that was a crime of inconvenience. I felt, <laughs> I felt so bad. No, I, I, I would have too. I would have too. Because however, everybody you, was leaving her though. Nobody was. Everybody was like, no, no, you know, not even reading it, not realizing that she was deaf, and I just left her there. She might. Still you'll be you'll pay. It. But you'll pay it forward, though. You are the kind of person that the next time you see someone and you do have cash, you'd I will. I will. But I would go, if I went to the chamber, it would just be an endless loop of me trying to communicate to this woman (laughs) by making kissing gestures. Kissing noses and going, my my best friend is a deaf dog. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to relate to her and communicate. Yeah. It's like, I, I know how you feel. My friend has a dog. Oh, my God. I felt so bad. So now I'm no. like, now I'm thinking to myself, like, I should learn sign language. I should really learn. So now I'm thinking about learning sign language just because I, I keep thinking, like, this would have never happened if I had only known sign language. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. You could also just go to the website of American Deaf whatever whatever the charity is called and make it an online donation yeah but she was standing bad. out there waiting then, for me and i just left i ran she away. wasn't waiting for you she was waiting for anyone oh god she had no I money feel ba- i feel no- bad that people think that that's how you collect for charity that's how you do it here you stand around and no. annoy people not that she was annoying but that's not how you should like, you shouldn't <laughs> guilt trip people into donating yeah Oh, that's how it works here. You gotta, you gotta make people feel bad by not being able to like the South Park episode. Yes. <laughs> would you like to donate a dollar to hunger children in Africa? No. Okay. Would you like to press the stomach on the child in front of Ow, you? Oh, my belly hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Um, would you like to announce into the tannoy that you do <laughs> so you would to donate? So you would not like to donate to the hungry children. <laughs> oh my god anyway okay would you like to put a hamster through college today (laughs) (laughs) well let's uh let's get on to spoilers because i've got some and you've got some uh so guys be sure to tune out if you haven't read charm or covet because we or covet court because we've got big big spoilers um you go ahead and then okay yeah so there was a bit where Remy kind of said to Grace that he kind of wishes that she had held out a bit in the mate department. Yeah. So they're not siblings as we at one point predicted, because that would be real weird. And it makes me kind of think that he had another future path for her that he had seen. Huh. And if she hadn't have chosen Hudson, she would have been mated to someone else. And if we think about it, Cyrus would have definitely planned when he was going to take Grace. When they were at the ceremony, he was going to take Grace to his home in London. And I don't think he was. He was going to send her to the prison. He was going to send her to the prison. Ooh, that is a good theory. Because then she would have met Remy. 
Yeah, before she challenged for inclusion on the circle. Mm-hmm. Because mm, at that point, that point, the bond with Jackson was fake. And Hudson wasn't tangible. He wasn't a physical person to be able to have created the bond. Oh, that would have been even worse, though, because Hudson would have still been in her head and still in love with her because of everything that happened in Charm. And yep. it would have had to witness her. Yep. With Remy. Yep. That would have been awful. I'm glad I'm glad that it didn't. Yeah. It didn't, but at the same time Remy probably said saw that future happening. If that was the if that's what he meant by that. Right. He saw that future happening and saw what he could have had and now he has to watch. If not, he doesn't seem to be too like down about it, but he definitely is a lot more um friendly towards her as if something had happened already. Right. Um, so that's what my thought was. My thoughts were, because why else would you say that? Like, oh, I wish you'd held out a little in the mate department, as if someone was better waiting in the wings. Um, he said, like, yeah, somebody with a cheerier disposition, and she goes, oh, like you, and he's like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> as if it, it, as if she had like hit the nail on the head. Yeah, which made me think even more that my theory was correct. See if it's not canon message tracy with it and i bet because it's not written in the story <laughs> it could become canon later oh <laughs> uh, anyway no i don't like your next note yeah um grace asks how remy and calder ended up knowing each other she kind of works out that they love each other but not in a sexual way it's definitely more like a brother and sister familial way um and remy goes calder and i go way back and I've seen her end. <laughs> yeah, he says I've seen her end and it's not in this prison. And does that so mean... So he knew all along. Did he know all along? Because he was like... Or did the did the path that they went on um, change from what he anticipated? I, th I thought... It well, he when he says that Grace's um, path changed, it wasn't that he saw different things. It was that she disappeared completely. Oh, Okay. Here's the thing. I thought that when, and maybe I'm totally making this up, but I thought that when Calder died, he said like it it wasn't supposed to like end like this, or like I thought that what he predicted wasn't correct, or, or maybe because he seemed really shocked that she was dead. Like it really rocked his world. Maybe we, when we're reading through Court again, we'll see whether something happens, like a specific moment happens, or somebody else's decision meant that Calder was in that spot. Yeah, that, like, she she sacrificed herself. I can't remember. I can't remember how she died. But yeah, I, th I think that it will be evident in court whether something changed. Yeah. Because he seemed to be pretty happy about them joining this army and being in this war. If he knew that Calder was going to die, surely he would have tried to prevent it. Right, he would have told her to sit out. Or is that not his way with time? Like he's he can't. I, I would is, he is he like Doctor Who? Is he is he like Doctor Who where he's like, no, this is a fixed point in time. I cannot interfere. No, Pompeii. But would he have been That's as upset? <laughs> like, because he I don't know. Known. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, well, um, okay. So your your first spoiler the the you should have held out in the mate department and Remy 
potentially being destined for grace was actually a better spoiler than what I have. Mine was just an, an Easter egg. But I was reading with Taylor last night. We are currently reading Covet as well, but we're at the beginning. And if you do recall, Grace and Hudson have their own little study session. And it was the study session where Hudson stomps off because Grace uh, had before the study sec or session sent Jackson a text that said something about what did the mummy say something something and Jackson texts back I miss my heart Hudson sees that and thinks that you know it's Grace and Jackson doesn't realize that it's a joke however in those scenes they are doing a joint project together so I put a, the screenshot in the card while they're working on the project Grace says I give him my ideas, and after a few minutes of debate, we settle on the butterfly effect. Is it ethical to change something in time for the right reasons if you know that it'll change other things later on, maybe in a not-so-okay way? Oh. And Hudson is acting weird that entire time, and he stomps off. That makes sense now. Yeah. So that was a... Because this is right at the beginning of Cuppet. That was a very good... Easter egg sprinkled in mm -hmm. for charm. Yeah. And it does kind of allude to what he went through in charm and the decisions that he made when they returned to not tell her. Right. Um, but also, if they're going back to the Shadow Realm, there is an opportunity to do it again. There is. And, you know... It it makes me it makes me nervous because like they're gonna fuck something up. Oh yeah, yeah. There's um there's a there's a new movie on uh, on Netflix called The Caller. It's uh it's like a thriller, kind of supernatural ghosty kind of one. Mm -hmm. And a a lady from thirty forty years ago manages to call. The, the present and like because the lady picks up and befriends this old lady she never commits suicide so she changes the, the course of or course of time and this lady can then affect things because she's the one in the past so she can change things and then 30 years later the the main character is seeing it like in the present and there are things and people that she remembers, but when she wakes up, they're gone. They they completely just disappeared. They never existed. They never had a child. Um, like there's a wall where there wasn't a wall before, um, and like stories change. And she's like, "Can you imagine being the only person who thinks that something happened, and knows that you met someone, and everyone else in the world doesn't know who you're talking about?" yeah and that that scares me like coming back from the shadow realm and all of a sudden for some reason makai doesn't exist yeah. <laughs> that kind that kind of big deal moment right grace is uh, or like they get back and, uh, uh, i never had a brother what are you on about you know what i'm really hoping is it isn't like like everybody said like you know oh maybe xavier will will be able to be brought back like nah, grace's nah. parents never died <laughs> oh 
No, I think sometimes death is 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 needed in books. And yes. it, that sounds really callous and cold, but it makes you fear for your loved ones in the book because otherwise, why would you care? Yeah. If you have no reason to fear their lives, then why do you keep reading? As an author, I can understand like, okay, so I, I can't give any spoilers because, you know, we do have listeners who have read my book and some who have said that they're going to um but my book the channel which you can buy on all platforms um <laughs> there is a character who dies if you finish the book you know who it is and i personally was quite attached to this character and oh like i i, I was fuming i thought about <laughs> bringing this character back not in a physical sense but almost like a Vivian's memories of this character are so intrusive that it's almost like how Hudson existed in Grace's head where she's almost picturing him almost Edward style. But then I thought about it and I'm like, no, that's that's a cop out. That's that's me projecting my desire to keep this character when in reality this character died for a very, very specific reason. And I need to stay the course just because I miss this character. It just means that I need to make better, um, make more characters that I love just as much. Mm -hmm. So. The thing is, I don't even like, I got to the end of the book and I was like, but, 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 but is she dead or is she just disappeared? <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, I was, like, concerned oh, that I had I was, misunderstood the... I was talking about the other character, the, the... Oh, the other character. Oh, yeah, no, the other character. But, yeah, like, there's always that moment of, like, uh, are they dead? Uh, but are they dead, though? If they're my favourite character, like, at the end of um, um, <clears throat> the trilogy of A Court of Thorn and Roses, when it was like, and then they wake up, and you're like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I warned him two minutes ago. Yeah. Love. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes them being, like, rebirthed or reborn or brought back to life is actually one of the most irritating plot twists. Because it makes you suspicious of every single death, and then therefore you don't actually feel the deaths as importantly, because you constantly think, like, well, it's okay because there's a loophole. Like, supernatural. How many times have Sam and Dean died? So many times. How many times have they come back? every single time yeah sometimes I so think when it's... one of them dies you know it's not going to last more than an episode sometimes i think it's necessary like in like the very first pokemon movie like ash dies and pikachu's sitting there shaving pika pika and all the all the pokemon are crying and all their little magical tears sprinkle on <laughs> ash and bring him back and it's ha like that but it doesn't happen again right it's it's not like that's a weekly occurrence where oh, pika pika and I also reckon that that was probably a standalone episode that they tried to make sure was going to actually be a hit. It was a movie. It was like the first to make, movie. Yeah, make you feel it. Right. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm invested now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think the deaths are definitely important. And if, if a book doesn't have even the threat of a death, then it doesn't make it as realistic. Like, you can't have big old, like, battles and, um, like, magic and all these, like, scary, scary threats and then no one dies. Right, right. And 
you know, even even Crave, it kind of took a while for anybody of major significance. Xavier was re- Xavier was really like the first one, and it was a long time before anybody else of significance died. I think that's because the book itself started off with death. Yeah. That I think that Tracy probably wanted to give us not the full sense of security, but that time for Grace to grieve for her parents because she still is. Um, and she meets Jackson when he is still grieving his brother. And um, I think that it the Xavier death comes at a time when they have healed from that. Right, it was because, on, on to the next thing. Yeah, because Jackson knows that Hudson's there. He knows that he's alive, even if he is a kind of ghostly person in, in Grace's head. Um, and Grace is not over her parents dying, but she is not feeling it as strongly as she did when she first arrived at Katmere. So it wasn't like the perfect timing for a death, because there's no such thing for that. But we had just kind of got used to the characters themselves being okay. Right. As they could be. Okay, okay as they could be. Okay. Well, um, next few chapters, I think we're going to be able to get a lot more now that, you know, we've we've already got some good theories. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, this episode was a little bit later. I think that we should just make that a permanent disclaimer that episodes will either air on Wednesday or thursday mm-hmm. just depending on like how many busy people yeah <laughs> so wednesdays thursdays and we've had a couple issues with episodes for some reason they'll like only upload a few seconds of the clip it's Podbean is being weird so if for any reason that, god damn Podbean! i know if for any reason there's ever an issue with the podcast uh our group crave the book podcast tea room just you know post in there let us know if the episode uploads because it's usually you know i'm not sitting there uploading it i'm i schedule them um and i will fix it and usually if it's messed up on apple and spotify it is working on youtube because they're like separate files so feel free to check youtube if it's ever messed up but please let us know that way we can fix it um yeah and don't feel stupid that like your thing's not working it's probably everybody's <laughs> right yeah exactly so um guys thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye